Good morning. I want to invite you to make your way in from the foyer. As we kick things off this morning, we have a special guest, Mark Cahill, who will be here speaking with us, as you can see towering over me in the background. I'm very excited to have him here. Uh, quick one-minute story how God, how God did this. As many of you know, God has done a big work in evangelism in the life of our student ministry. In the last four years, we've been able to give out over 12,000 gospel tracts. It's just an intentional effort to reach the lost. Mark had a, a part in that in our life two summers ago. We went through his book, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, and it gave us even more zeal, more creativity in sharing the gospel. Uh, long story short, a few months back, I was uh, talking to somebody, a, a person come up, introduced themselves to me, said I'd heard uh, about what God's doing in the life of your youth ministry and evangelism, wanted to know how you got there, and I said, let me tell you the story. And in that story, I I mentioned Mark's name in his book. Uh, A couple of months later, that person called me and said, hey, it just so happens Mark Cahill's coming to Conway for an event we are doing. Could you use him? I said, could I? So God just orchestrated an event where Mark could be here to speak to you this morning. He's going to talk to us about uh, evangelism here in the Sunday school hour and then preach the morning service. If you would, make him feel welcome this morning. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. All right, can you hear me? All right, good. Good morning. Uh, good morning. All right, so uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to do the Sunday school hour. Uh, typically, I preach first, then do the training in second, but we're going to do the opposite. We're going to do the training first, and then I'll preach and challenge you uh, during the Sunday morning hour. Uh, this is a two-hour seminar I do, and I'm going to do it in 45 minutes, okay? So I'm going to speak fast, okay? So if you're, if you're a little older and you can't keep up with me, uh, go back and they'll get you the, the record. You can slow it down to 33 RPMs and listen to me at a slower pace, but I'm going to speak a little fast, okay? I'm just letting you know, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for just a uh, wonderful, wonderful chance to be here. Father, thank you for uh, just the testimony I've heard of the youth group. And what they've been doing over here, 12,000 tracks, that's insane, Father. I don't know if I've ever heard of a youth group hand out that many gospel tracks. But, Father, one of the problems we see around uh, the United States at different churches is sometimes youth are leading the way. But when I read my Bible, youth aren't supposed to lead the way. They're supposed to look at us adults who are middle-aged, older adults, seeing us bold and passionate for your son, Jesus Christ, not ashamed of the gospels Romans talks about. And they watch us and say, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like her as they follow Christ and finish my life well. So, Father, I ask you to do, encourage every one of us, whether we've never handed out a gospel tract, never shared our faith verbally, or if we do it all the time, that every one of us, me included, as I get ready for a good day of travel home, to uh, pick us up one more level, one more step, that we're going to be bolder for you than we walked in. So, Father, we thank you for you up front, what that's going to do and what you're going to do. So we thank you for it, and we ask it in the great name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, okay? All right, this talk is called uh, Reaching the Lost Now. If you're taking notes, highly recommend. It's called Reaching the Lost Now. It's also a chapter in the book I wrote called The Watchman. So if you're going to pick up one of the books off the table, um, it's a chapter in there so you don't have to take a ton of notes if you don't. It's called Reaching the Lost Now. Uh, three simple things. First one's a want to. If you have a want to to share your faith, the rest is a piece of cake, okay? So if you have a desire to share your faith, the rest is easy, okay? So where do we go find our answers? Where do we go find our answers? It's in the Bible. So grab your Bibles, okay? We're going to bounce through some scriptures here. So go to uh, Matthew, uh, go to Mark chapter 16. Go to Mark 16. Go to Mark 16. And let's look at, and let's look at verse uh, 15, Mark 16, verse 15, okay? So we got to have a want to, Mark 16 and verse 15. So make sure there, check the person next to you, make sure they're there as well. We had a guy at the retreat this weekend from Amman, Jordan, and he was a Muslim. And uh, Zayed had a bunch of questions, okay, but when we were going through the Bible, uh, he didn't know where things were at. So we made sure someone sat next to him and helped walk him through it. So never be ashamed if you don't know where something's at in the Bible. I never owned one of these until someone gave me one at Auburn years ago in college. And so when I uh, first started uh, looking at this book, I was so thankful God wrote a table of contents uh, so I could find anything in this book. I was the most lost puppy in the world. And, uh, but then you just fumble through it, you find things, it's no big deal, okay? So go to Mark 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, now who's he speaking here? 
It's Jesus, okay? Should we pay attention when Jesus speaks? Yes or no? Yeah, now he wrote the whole Bible. God breathed the whole Bible into existence. But there's certain times he's specifically speaking himself. Okay, so you always want to pay attention. Those are sometimes you've seen like a red letter Bible. He says, go ye into all the world, okay? Go means do not stay. It means get up and go, okay? Go to where the lost people are at. Go to your classes and get a chance to stand up for Christ in your classes, okay? Go door-to-door witnessing at 2.30 this afternoon, all right? Go to the Blue Sail Coffee Shop yesterday uh, in Conway, Arkansas. Just had all these fascinating encounters just at a coffee shop yesterday. So we have to go where they're at. Be very careful thinking evangelism is inviting people to come here because many lost people will never darken the door of a church, I grew up Roman Catholic, and they told us as Catholics never to go, in, go into anything non-Catholic. They taught us that, okay? Now I know why. There was truth in that building over there, okay? There was truth. They couldn't keep me in their group if I went over there and heard the truth and got saved and left the group, okay? So we have to go where they're at because it makes them feel comfortable when we're sitting them next to them in an in a airport in Little Rock today and stuff like that. Go into all the world, Okay? Uh, preach to the world. Okay, who's ever done overseas missions before? Raise your hand if you've ever done overseas missions before. Okay, pretty good, Matt. When you do overseas missions, what's the biggest obstacle that you run into overseas missions? What? Yeah, it's always language, okay? When we went to China, we had a language barrier and stuff like that. Um, but so that means that that means the biggest advantage, you can work through culture. People are still very intrigued with the American culture. So that means then the biggest advantage we have sharing our faith here in Arkansas is what? Is language. People can actually understand us, okay? But how many times do we meet people that were bolder for the Lord in Costa Rica than they were in Conway and Valonia, right? No, I should be bolder here because they actually can understand me as I speak to them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The word preach there isn't preacher. It just means to speak. It means to open up your mouth. It means to talk with people. And then the gospel. What's the word gospel mean? Good news, okay? Does America need a good dose of good news right about now? Yes or no? It needs a good dose of good news, okay? We need it, okay? But let's be honest for a second. This left good news a long time. Isn't this great news when you think about it? This is great news, okay? Because the moment I die, I do not go to hell for the wicked, evil sins I've committed in my life. There's a holy, righteous God that I have no right to be in his presence when I meet him. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ that cleansed me of all sins, he allows me to be in his presence forever and ever endeavor. That's fascinating to think about when you wrestle with that, okay? This is great news. And if you've got great news, you want to tell great news, don't you? Don't you? Yeah, like if Arkansas ever wins a football game, you have great news. You want to tell somebody, right? You want to tell. You have great news, right? So you have great news. Let's tell somebody. Preach the gospel to every creature. Why every creature? Every person on planet earth needs Jesus Christ. Every person needs Christ. So when I'm talking to somebody on a plane flight today, Heading back to Atlanta, I'll start with them. If I find out they're a Christian, I'm going to encourage them the most radically bold, sold-out man or woman of God on planet Earth that's ever existed. If they're a lost person, they're about to get the best piece of information they've ever had in their entire life. Okay, But I don't know which direction to go until I ask a few questions and get rolling and figure out where we're standing with Christ and do that. Okay, So if you have the want to, the rest is a piece of cake. So number one's want to. Number two, uh, in your notes, or it's in the book for you, is afraid to. So number, two, number one's want to. Number two's afraid to. Okay, uh, So raise some hands up like it's a classroom. I used to be a school teacher back in the day. Raise some hands up. What holds us back? from walking out those doors and telling everybody we possibly can we meet about Jesus Christ. So raise some hands. Let's see if we can chop down a few of those trees. What holds us back, young man? What do you mean by ourselves? What? Okay, scared of rejection. Hold that thought on that. But sometimes ourselves, sometimes we're just selfish. I'm worried about what Mark wants to do today. Mark can go to the Little Rock Airport and drink his tea and read his USA Today, and I die and go to heaven because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm born again and saved. But what a wasted afternoon that would be at an airport when I could walk around and chat with people and get into some fascinating conversations about the Lord and do that, okay? All right, so good point there, okay? Hands up. What holds us back from sharing our faith? Yeah. Uh, Apathy. How in the world can I be lazy um, when we've got these people that are dying and going to hell, right? And I'm more worried about a GPA. I'm worried about a football score. I'm worried about, worried about, worried about when people are dying and going to hell today. Right? Think about that for a second. How can I be apathetic about that? And yet, uh, when you read the scriptures, read the book of Acts, they don't seem too apathetic, do they? They seem pretty excited. Um, but I always tell people, if you're apathetic, uh, pray for some persecution to come in your life. Uh, you'll lose apathy very quickly. 
So instead, why don't I just not be apathetic? Then I don't have to pray for the persecution to come out. It'll come anyways. You don't have to worry about that. It'll show up uh, at different times, okay, and do that. But that's a good point. Okay, hands up. What holds us back from sharing our faith? Yes, ma'am. Uh, knowledge, okay. So sometimes we, one of the big things we had yesterday at the, at the college retreat, a lot of people said, what if they ask me a question that I can't answer? So it goes back to knowledge again, okay. So first thing to remember on that, one, I, when I started witnessing about 20 years ago, I found out very quickly Okay? I knew the Bible better than I thought I did. I was excited. I knew a lot. But I realized quickly I didn't know it well enough to be the better witnesser that I wanted to be. Okay? So I had to study the scriptures and learn that. Okay? I used to be a school teacher. And so when I would, uh, I would give the students a test, and the test wasn't always for the students. The test many times is for the teacher. Okay? Because when I gave the test, right, you take the test, you found out quickly if you knew the information, right? And then you found out quickly if you didn't study enough and didn't know the information for the test, right? But as a teacher, I give you the test. I took a class at Auburn, and um, I made a 40, I made a 37 on a statistics test. A 37. Okay, I'm a straight-A student. I don't make Bs. Parents didn't allow it. And uh, 37, highest grade in the class. 37. Okay. By the time he put a 3X plus, I think it was 20 curve on, uh, I'm sitting with like a 120, 130. I was on cruise control. I had an A. The easiest A in my life was that statistic class. Okay. When the highest grades are 37, who had the problem, the students or the teacher? The teacher had the problem. He didn't teach it. He was from another country. It's very hard to understand. It, just, it was not a good situation. Okay. Um, but it was a teacher problem. But I didn't know how much I knew witnessing until I got out there and started talking to people. Okay. I knew the Bible better than I thought I did, but I needed to pick up the pace and learn some more. Okay. Good thing to remember, if you're ever out witnessing and you get a question you can't answer, okay, whatever you do, do not create an answer on the spot. If you don't know an answer, just say, hey, that's a great question. I don't. No. Great question. Okay. Then all you do, we used to teach our students this when I was a high school teacher. We just teach our students, hey, just ask the question, would you like to know the answer? People always say what? Sure. That's why they ask the question. Hey, let me get your uh, info. So you write their name down. You write the question down, then however they communicate. How do you communicate? Is it texting? Is it email? Whatever. You take their information. One thing we teach, especially with young people, we don't give our information out. Ladies, you don't give your information out. You take people's. Does that make sense? We take people's information. Write it down. uh, And then I said, I'm going to get you an answer to that question. Now, do you stop the conversation at that point? Nope. You go right around it. Keep on trucking, okay? Um, My eighth graders. Who's in middle school here? Any middle schoolers here? Ladies, okay, all right. Uh, my eighth graders would come in on Mondays. I walk into class one day and hands start popping up in my eighth grade class. Yes, uh, Mr. Cahill, we were out witnessing this weekend. We got this question. How would you answer this question? So well, that's a good question. Let's pull out our Bibles. Let's pull out apologetics. And we start figuring answers out. Next kid, next kid. One Monday, my entire class period was just questions from eighth graders on the streets witnessing at, at movie theaters and malls on a weekend. Absolutely the best lesson plan I've ever had in my life, and I didn't create it, okay? I didn't use nothing I created that day. The kids were just out doing the Lord's work. Um, We had some seventh graders in Atlanta. Uh, These kids, the youth pastor for the seventh graders, he disciples the seventh grade boys, he takes them uh, witnessing, but he takes them to college campuses. I just picture that for a second. Seventh grade boys walking on college campuses. So they witness to students and, and, professors that's right the kids get questions they can't answer so they write them down we'll get back they keep talking they come back they get that they find answers they email the answers they go witnessing again okay they get questions they can't answer they come back learn this stuff I actually was visiting that church one Sunday morning oh my goodness these seventh grade boys they're rich they're deep I mean they are just solid kids man but they fear no question I fear no question at the Little Rock airport today none because either I can answer the question where I can say, I don't? No, okay. Okay, so I don't worry about that. In the book, uh, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, uh, there's a whole chapter called Good Answer, how to answer the top ten questions you get sharing your faith and stuff. And the book, One Heartbeat Away, lost people love it because it answers all their questions. They'll email me. This book is answering my questions. So never forget, the world has questions. You and I got what? answers, but we have to meet at some point to get them what they're looking for and do that, okay? But the number one thing on all the surveys... Um, when you study evangelism, 
is people are scared to get rejected. What if I get rejected sharing my faith in Jesus Christ? Well, first point, don't forget when you're sharing Christ with people, they're not rejecting you. Who are they rejecting? Jesus Christ. And shouldn't that hurt my little heart a little bit more that they hate our Savior and do that? Uh, I was at, uh, speaking in Jacksonville, North Carolina last weekend, and it's Camp Lejeune is there. It's a military base. And I was walking out to my car to start this Saturday morning, and I hand, hey, did you get one of these? I hand a gospel track to this guy. He looked at that. He said, I don't want that. Zinged it straight to the ground, okay? Big, big Marine guy. So I went over. I picked it up. I said, question for you. I said, uh, I said why do you hate Jesus so much? That's what I said to him. He looked at me and said, I don't hate Jesus. I hate Christians, okay? I said, sir, you can't hate me. I said, you don't even know me. See, he doesn't hate me. He hates Jesus. Something along the way would take, make that man throw that gospel track down there, okay? And I told this story to some student. I was doing a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event that morning. Uh, is something like that going to stop me, yes or no? Uh-uh. I went to a coffee shop that morning and saw three Marines sitting at a table outside. Hey, how you guys doing? Where are you from? Bingo. We start talking. All of a sudden, one of the boys was from Wichita Falls, Texas, and he goes to a church that I've preached at a few times in Wichita Falls. His best friend is a guy who knows me from in all this connection. But if I would have stopped because of the rejection, I would have missed out on these three amazing young men completely in search mode, completely in search mode now. Because Marines know they can get called up pretty quick, right? And go to a hot zone, and all of a sudden, life and death becomes a very real encounter. So I don't worry about that. But see, people, we're on the streets of Atlanta. We have the Georgia Dome, and the Georgia Dome, they have all the football games. So we're handing tracks out and, uh, before football games and things. And I had this scalper. I know a lot of the scalpers. I'm down there a lot. And this new guy, I didn't know who he was. He kept walking past. He wouldn't take a track. I said, okay, before you pass me one more time and walk past me, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I said, why do you hate Jesus so much? I just throw it out there, see what happens. He, he turned on his heel. I said, come on, man. He said, I never said I hated Jesus. I said, well, you can't hate me. I said, you don't know me. I said, you must hate Jesus. I said, why do you hate Jesus so much? Bingo. He stopped and spent 30 minutes talking to me on, this, on the street corner right outside the Georgia Dome a few years ago. Okay. By the end of it, I said, do you like to read? He said, actually, I'm a big reader. So he actually took one of my books. So he wouldn't take a track walking past me. But once we had the conversation, we just had this fascinating talk. He had really good questions. And you and I got really good answers. Okay. So fear of rejection. Go to Luke chapter 6. So go to Luke 6. Let's see what the scriptures say. Luke 6, and go to verse 22. Luke 6, verse 22. Blessed are you, ye, when men shall hate you. Hey, don't you like this verse already? Isn't this a good one? Is this the one you start your day with? Like, memorize this one, and then the first thing in the morning, just pick up Luke 6, verse... Let's read that again. I, I like this one. Blessed are ye, when men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company... And shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. So when they're rejecting you, they're hating you because of whose sake? Jesus Christ, okay? Watch our world today. Our world's very easy to figure out. Anything anti a position in the Bible is accepted today, okay? Any biblical position is rejected today. Very easy to figure out, okay? So it's not that they hate us. They hate what the Word says. They hate the author of the Word. Does this make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, so any position in the world hey, that's anti this book is okay. You're fine. Pat you on the back, put you on TV. If you agree with what this book says, you're a narrow-minded bigot, okay? That's okay. I'm not worried about that. I actually had a professor from the University of Florida on a plane flight one time, real early in the conversation, asked me, he said, excuse me, are you going to be one of those narrow-minded bigots that's going to tell me there's only one way to get to heaven? Are you? Okay, that's what he said to me early in a plane flight. Okay, you can feel the tension rise inside the, inside the plane. It was really interesting. And uh, so I just said, I said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, sure. I said, could the whole world fit through Jesus and get to heaven? Could the whole world repent of his sins and go through the blood of Christ and get to heaven? Yes or no? Yes or no? 
Sure, yeah, the whole world. I said, sir, if the whole world can fit through the cross of Christ and get to heaven, it can't be too narrow of a way. It can only be too narrow of a way for you because you don't want to repent and believe. Okay, bingo. I got them now. Okay, bingo. We had, we had a fantastic talk on the flight, okay, but I wasn't going to take that shot to the chest. He was trying to knock me off, off, off my game, whatever, and do that, okay? So remember when you read your Bible. That verse seems pretty tough, but a good thing to put in your notes or just stick in your head. When you read your Bible, don't read a verse. Read verses, plural, okay? Don't read a text. Read a context, all right? A lady friend of mine, she reads her Bible with 20-20 vision. So she reads a verse. She reads the 20 verses before and the what? 20 verses afterwards. That's exactly right. Why? She came out of a cult. And cults use scripture, correct? They just take the verse, snatch it, out of context, twist it into a false meaning and take you off into a false teaching. She was so disappointed that she got pulled into a false teaching that she decided it is never going to happen again, okay? And so she reads her Bible in context. Look what the very next verse says in 23. You just got all this slammed. You just got rejected and all that. Verse 23, rejoice in that day and leave for joy. For behold, your word is great in heaven, for in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. So first of all, this is how Christians get treated in history, right? In the history of the church. Read Hebrews 11, the great Hall of Fame of Faith chapter. Read it and watch how they get treated and do that because they're standing up for Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, a, a sawn asunder, thrown into lion's dens. It goes with the territory, okay? Persecution goes with the territory. Um, I had lunch um, in Atlanta with these two ladies. They're from... Uh, Tehran, Iran, and they, uh, they're with the same speaking agency, and they had moved to Atlanta, so I wanted to meet them. So we uh, took them lunch one day, so we're having lunch. And they're from Tehran, Iran. They were arrested and put into Evan Prison. Have you heard of Evan Prison before? Okay, so now you know the pastor we're praying for over in Iran, okay? He was first in Evan Prison. I think he's back there now. It's the worst prison there. If you ever meet anyone from Iran, I meet Iranians in Atlanta, and you mention the word Evan Prison, their eyes get big immediately, just get huge, because it's the political prisoners, it's the religious prisoners, and it's torture, okay? So these two ladies got thrown into Evan Prison. I said, okay, well, what, what were you arrested for. Well, we were sharing our faith in Jesus uh, in Tehran, Iran. And that's a, a Shia, a Shiite country. And uh, it's Islam, but it's a, the Shia branch. I said, they just threw you in jail for sharing your faith? Well, we would talk to people. And then when they were interested, we said, well, would you like to know about the real Isa? That's what they say in Arabic, Isa, but the real Jesus. People say, yeah. I said, you got in trouble? So, well, we would actually give them then um, a Persian New Testament so they could read about the real Jesus. I said, you got thrown in jail for giving out a Persian New Testament? They said, well, um, we gave out 20,000 Persian New Testaments in Tehran, Iran. Okay. You ever meet somebody and you talk with them and you feel like you're doing nothing for the Lord? Ever happened to you? Okay, that was me at lunch just a while back, okay? These ladies, they handed out 20,000 Persian New Testaments. Tehran, Iran. Got thrown into Evan prison. So what did they do in Evan prison? Share their faith in Jesus Christ. Finally got, get, kick, got kicked out of Evan prison because people were getting saved and coming to Jesus Christ. Finally got kicked out of the country. Okay, they went to, I think it was India, and now they've arrived in Atlanta, Georgia. My biggest fear for them, and I told them, you're going to come to America. And you're going to become lukewarm, like a lot of Christians who sit in pews on Sunday mornings. That's my biggest fear for you, because they were on fire. They're frontline people, okay, frontline people. That was my fear for them. I don't ever want that in my life, because, see, it's how they treated people. But rejoice in the day and leave for joy, for greater reward where? In heaven, where are you storing up your treasures at? You sure you're storing up in heaven? Because I say it all the time. Remember, you're just passing through. You're just passing through this place. Don't act like you're going to spend a lot of time here. Life goes quick, does it not? Some of us older people, life goes by fast. Okay, you're just passing through. One of my buddies, uh, Brother Woody, um, he turned 65 and his friend said, Brother Woody, ready to retire? He said, retire? He said, refire, he said. He said, I got to get more excited about the things of the Lord. I got a shorter time to get all this work done. Well, he died last year at 74. And I would tell you, he did more in his last nine years than most of us have done in our entire lifetime for Jesus Christ. Just love the Lord, okay? But I don't have to fear rejection because great is my reward where? 
in heaven. So number one's want to, number two is afraid to, and number three is how to. Let's just keep, teach a couple how to's and do that. So the book, uh, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, which a lot of young ones have gone through, and then the book, The Watchmen, uh, I'll talk about the books uh, during the service. Uh, those have a lot of good how-tos, how to get conversations started with people and do that, okay? Uh, so when you're talking with people, get them on their favorite subject. What's their favorite subject? Yeah, themselves, okay? Hey, where are you from? What do you go to, where do you go to school? What's your favorite subject? Uh, do you have any hobbies? What's your favorite hobby? Okay. Um, I ask this question all the time. I love this question. I ask people, if you could have any job on planet Earth and money wasn't the issue, what would you do? That's a great question. You find out what people are passionate about very quickly, okay? And so you get to talk. So, so, so a door will open somewhere, or we'll just teach in a second how to create a door when you're witnessing to people and do that, okay? So just as you're talking with people, um, you just get them on that subject there. So here's some good starter questions. One, uh, good question. If you die tonight, are you 100% assured you go to heaven? Great question. If you die tonight, are you 100% assured you go to heaven? Because uh, is it possible the person you're chatting with could die today, yes or no? Sure it is, okay? So if you did take your last breath today, where would you spend eternity? So this is a very good question if you don't have a lot of time. So if you're speaking to like a a cashier at a checkout um, in a grocery store and there's eight people behind you in line, you're not going to have an hour-long conversation. It's not going to happen. And you don't want it to happen. He or or she has a job to do, right? You don't want to take that. Uh, I love chatting with waiters and waitresses. um, uh, but when someone's got eight tables and all eight are full, you're not going to have a long conversation. It's just not going to happen, okay? But when they don't have the full, we had a couple ladies recently, they just sat down at our table. Just sat at the table and started talking because they were enjoying the conversation. And they had a little slow spot. It worked out perfect, okay? So I was going through, um, I was speaking in uh, Maryland one time. So I flew into Philadelphia and had to cut through Delaware, okay? Uh, don't ever go to Delaware. I just want to highly recommend that to you. Uh, just it shouldn't even be one of the 50 states. Every road is a toll road. Do, do you have toll roads here in Arkansas? Do you have toll roads? Okay. Didn't our taxes already pay for the toll road? Yeah, it already paid for the toll road. Now they're charging me to get back on the road again, okay? And I don't like that. They're just ripping us off. So I have to go through these toll roads. And so I'm going through. I, I pull into this thing. Told her, hey, how you doing? She said, good. I said, uh, how much? Oh, you're great. I said, can I ask you an interesting question? Easy hook. I use it all the time with waiters, waitresses, anybody, plane flights. Hey, can I ask you an interesting question? What's everybody say? Sure, what do you got? Okay. And uh, I said, if you would die tonight, are you 100% assured you go to heaven? She said, no, real quick. I said, okay, so do you believe there's heaven? Do you believe there's a heaven? She said, yes, real quick. I said, do you know what it takes to get to heaven? Well, first of all, isn't that the first problem? She believes there's a heaven. I said, do you know what it takes to get to heaven? She said, no, I don't. So isn't that the first problem? She believes there's a heaven, but she doesn't know what it takes to get there, right? You would, that would be the one thing you want to be sure about today, correct? If you're sure on anything, be sure on that one thing, right? I said, you do know what it takes to get there. She said, no, I don't. It's real simple. Let me explain it to you. So I just explained sin, repentance, the cross. All of a sudden, she takes her sunglasses, puts her sunglasses on top of her head so she can stare and see my eyes. Uh, when I'm out on the streets, I don't wear sunglasses. I wear hats and stuff because they want to see your eyes. Um, and I want to see their eyes, too, because sometimes people's mouths are saying, I'm not interested, but their eyes are saying, keep talking, keep, I'm listening to everything you got to say, okay? And she was into this conversation, um, explained it. I said, uh, do you like to read? Great question to ask anybody. Do you like to read, okay? I use it many times at the end of a conversation. To this day, 90% of all people still say what? Yeah, they still say yes. Uh, and they might say, as long as it's interesting or something like that. I said, do you like to read? She said, oh, I love to read. And uh, so I gave her a gospel track. I said, email me here. I'll get you one of my books I wrote. I only had some tracks with me. And uh, I look in my rearview mirror, and no cars came into my lane. It was like there was an angel or something in the back there. Just stopped all these cars. Uh, this lady and I could have this fascinating conversation all off just a good question. So you throw a good question out there, uh, people will answer the good question. Um, another good one, uh, when you die, what do you think's on the other side? What do you think's out there when you walk out of here? I love that question because it's a very open-ended question. So when you die, what do you think's on the other side? What do you think's out there when you walk out of here? So a lot of times, uh, if you see me in a bar section of town, a college campus, I was up at Notre Dame for something. And uh, so I'll walk around campus with a little yellow stick pad in my hand. And I'll just walk with people, hey, can you help me out? I'm working on a project. What's everybody say? Sure, what do you got? Okay. So, uh, so you never start on a bad foot. I'm always collecting data for talks I give or books I write. So give your Sunday school class an assignment. Give your youth group an assignment. And we're going to talk to 10 people a week. Hey, why are you doing your survey? Well, actually, our Sunday school class, we're talking to 10 people a week about spiritual beliefs. Okay, cool. What do you got? Okay, so you always want to start up. We don't have to lie to get a conversation going and do that. 
And so I ask people, hey, I'm doing a little project. Help me. Sure. Uh, when you die, what do you think is on the other side? What do you think is after when you walk out? of it? People all the time go, I love that question. Okay, what do you think? So they give you an answer. Just mark the answer down. Uh, heaven and hell. Heaven, hell, purgatory. Who am I talking to? Roman Catholic, okay. Heaven and no hell. Very convenient, correct? Heaven and no hell, pretty convenient. Means you can do what? Anything you want to and you wind up in heaven when you die. Not reality, but interesting. Nothing, reincarnation, unsure, the white light. I've been getting aliens a lot on college campuses. What are they teaching our kids, okay? I don't know, I'm getting aliens all the time. And do it. So then I just go, hey, wait a minute, why do you believe that? Bingo, you're into a conversation literally that simple, okay? I got to witness to uh, Michael Jordan one time. Michael, when you die, what do you think's on the other side? What do you think's out there when you walk out of here? And he answered the question. Um, I got to witness to a Tiger Woods one time. I was walking on a golf course with Tiger. I said, Tiger, I said, I always want to ask you a question. He said, go for it. I said, Tiger, I said, when you die, I said, what do you think's on the other side? What do you think's out there when you walk out here? He literally stopped dead square in his tracks, stared at me and said, I don't know. And it struck up a 10 to 12 minute conversation on the topic of God. Okay, see, that's the value of a good question. A value. Just look at the words of Jesus sometimes. Look at all the questions being asked. Read the last five chapters of Job. Look at all the questions God is asking Job there, okay? Questions are very valuable because it causes people to think and do that, all right? So um, when you're talking with people and you talk on the topic of sin, okay, the easiest way to do it is just use the Ten Commandments, okay? So one thing I always tell people, make sure you get them lost before you get them saved, okay? Make sure they know they're lost first and get them saved. Second, we're trying to get everybody saved. They don't even know they're lost yet, okay? And the simplest way to do it, uh, all my books talk about, is just use the Ten Commandments. So actually when I was talking to Tiger, I walked him through the Ten Commandments at one point in the conversation. So uh, one, one way, easy way to do it, you can ask people, hey, would you consider yourself a good person? To this day, 99.8% of all people say what? Yes, okay. But then all I do is turn on the TV and see all the evil in the world. And how, how come all these good people and I do prison ministry work? How we got all these prisoners and everybody's so good, right? But it's Proverbs 20. It says uh, people will proclaim their own goodness. They like to brag about what they've done. But the Ten Commandments break you down and show you really where you stand with God. So I, said to, so I was walking Tiger through the Ten Commandments. I said, Tiger, uh, you ever told a lie before? He said, yeah. I said, what does that make you? He said, a liar. Okay, now some people will say human or that makes me a sinner. So you just go more specific. Uh, if you're a murder, if you murder, you're a murderer. If you rape, you're a rapist. If you tell a lie, you make you a what? A liar. And let them say liar. I've literally seen people's whole uh, face begin to change when they start had admitting their sin and stuff and do that, okay? I said, Tiger, I said, you ever uh, stole something before? He said, yeah. I was about to say, what does that make you? But I was keeping eye contact with his face. And all of a sudden, his face contorted. It popped. He took a half step back. He was trying to get out of the conversation. All right. Now, we know the Bible says that the law is written on your what? Heart. See, I'm in his business in two questions, and I can see it on his face, okay? And I don't want to lose the conversation. I just went around it. I said, you know what, Tiger, it makes all of us a thief. And he put his foot back. See, that's the other value of the Ten Commandments. It will stop us from talking down to people. Okay, you talk with people. Because they'll look at you sometimes. Hey, haven't you broken? Yep, broke the same commandment. You broke, yep, I broke the same one too. Wait a minute. Then we're both. See, it puts us on the question, who's going to run to the cross for forgiveness? So really, the law is great because it keeps us from talking down at people. You talk with people that way and do it, okay? Uh, I said, Tiger, I said, uh, you ever lusted in your heart before? Okay, I asked Tiger Woods, you ever lusted in your heart before, okay? Now, this would have been during when it was going on. It wasn't public yet. So think about for a second what was going on. Okay, I'm a firm believer that God's not overly big about public sin. I really don't think he wanted to take David's sin to a public matter. But God also knows public humiliation sometimes will bring you to your knees and run to the cross. So sometimes God says enough's enough. Matter of fact, he might reach that point with America, correct? Yeah. He could easily say... Uh, excuse me, there will now be a payment for the 50 million babies you've murdered in this country. Selling baby parts? Are you kidding me? I didn't even know that. I'm pretty up on a lot of stuff. I didn't even know that's what some of these places were doing. You ever just looked at a little baby being held by a mother or something like that? And somebody would chop that baby up and sell the parts of it and think it's an A-OK thing to do? We, we have fallen to a level that is scary in this country. Scary in this country, okay? But God's goodness 
Did he not give Nineveh time to repent and come to him? Oh, yes, he did. God's a gracious, merciful God. You, you can't wait to meet him. Okay, I can't wait to meet him, just to really understand the mercy and grace of God and do that, okay? Um, so think about what happened when I asked that question to Tiger. His Rolodex had to be flipping his head of all that sin, and God was trying to get him to repent of that and come to him and do that. You ever lusted in your heart before? He said, yeah. I said, that's the same as, uh, Jesus said, the same as committing adultery in your heart. You ever been angry with somebody? He said, yeah. I said, uh, anger in your heart. Uh, Jesus is the same as committing murder in your heart. Okay. I said, uh, I do prison ministry work, and I wind up on death row every now and then. And uh, so I meet murderers, and every murder I met, anger first, shot and killed their wife over something. Anger first, knifed a buddy over a dice game. Because it's always insides that lead us to outsides. I said, Tiger, you just told me by God's standard. Now, that's a good line right there. By God's standard. Keep pointing to God. Okay, it's all his standard. It's not Mark's standard. It's God's standard. Keep pointing to God the whole time in your conversation. I said, uh, Tiger, uh, you told me by God's standard to be a liar, a thief, an adulterer, and a murderer. Would you be guilty or not guilty on judgment day? What did he say? What did he say? He said guilty. I said, would that mean heaven or would that mean hell? What did he say? He said hell, okay? I can't remember if I asked him. Uh, I don't think I did, but uh, I got to witness to uh, Kanye West, the musical artist, one time. And I got to this point in the conversation. Then I asked him, I said, does it bother you that you be going to hell? And Kanye West, the musical artist, what did he say? Yes, it does. Right? Then I just asked people, do you know what it takes to make sure you don't go to hell? And typically they don't know. So you just explain repentance, the cross. Uh, forgiveness, the blood of Christ, and the resurrection. Just explain it to him very simply. Well, with Tiger, I ended up getting uh, cut off. It was a commercial shoot for Nike. The story's in the One Heartbeat Away book for you. Most of it, you can't tell all of it. Uh, it was a commercial. I, was with, I played with Charles Barkley in college, so I was actually with Barkley. And he was leaving, and uh, Tiger was staying to film some more stuff. So we got cut off for a certain reason. So right when I'm getting to the good stuff, repentance and the cross, we're done. It is over. I was like, oh, no. I mean, this is the good stuff, right? Well, guess what happened? One week later, Tiger wound up in Atlanta for a golf tournament. Three different people who found out about the encounter I had and got to finish up where I got stopped at. Okay? So what's the Bible say? Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God gives the increase. Okay? And one of them was a high school kid. A kid named Adam, uh, he was in his 20s by then, but him and his buddy Chris, they tried to take their whole high school for Jesus Christ. Two boys tried to take their whole high school for Jesus Christ. So when, so when Adam ran into Tiger in his, in his late, mid-20s, he didn't want Tiger's autograph. He didn't want Tiger's picture. He wanted, to, he wanted to witness the Tiger Woods, and he did. So he got to water the seed that I got there, okay? So just use those Ten Commandments. Very simple, easy to do that, okay? Um, so... Second to last thing, write these uh, three questions down. They're very simple. Um, uh, You can use these at any point in a conversation. One, who is God? Two, who is Jesus? Three, what is salvation? So one, who is God? Two, who is Jesus? Three, uh, what is salvation? Okay, so one, who is God? Two, who is Jesus? Three, what is salvation? So if you get a wrong answer to any one of those, that's the door you walk right through and do it, okay? So um, around these parts of Arkansas, are we going to have more uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or more Mormons? Which one? Okay, do you even know what a Jehovah's Witness is? Okay, let's choose that one then and uh, do that, okay? So if a Jehovah's Witness knocks on your door, should you answer the door, yes or no? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, I'm not concerned what you're going to share with me. I'm much more concerned what I'm going to share with you. Okay, now if you talk to a Jehovah's Witness and you say, who is God? It, it, when they describe God, it's going to sound very similar to what we believe and do that. Okay, the, the giveaway though, if you're ever talking to anybody and they use the word Jehovah, 99% of the time that will be a Jehovah's Witness. That's typically the giveaway. So you're going to know at that point and do that. But then when you say, who is Jesus? Someone raised their hand up. How will a, how will a Jehovah's Witness describe Jesus Christ. How will they describe Jesus? What's that? Okay, okay, interesting. Um, they believe he's the archangel Michael, okay, that became Jesus Christ, which is very fascinating. I don't know where they get a biblical backing for that. But they don't believe that he is God. 
okay? So if they don't believe he is God, that means then they don't believe in the what? The Trinity, which means they had a wrong answer for the first question, but we probably didn't catch it at that point and do that, okay? But they don't believe in the Trinity. So when they knock on your door, uh, remember, they have a, a Bible called the New World Translation, but also in their satchel bag, they'll have a King James Bible in there, okay? Uh, so always have a King James by your door. So go to 1 Timothy, and this is a verse I use with them every single time I meet them. Go to 1 Timothy. Now, 1 Timothy is always right before what? Second Timothy, very good. Does it move? Uh, so go to First Timothy, three sixteen. Now, why is that easy to remember? John three sixteen, right? So it's very easy to remember. Go to First Timothy three sixteen, and it says, "And without controversy." So First Timothy. Uh, 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. God was manifest in the flesh. Okay. Well, who was manifest in the flesh? Jesus was manifest in the flesh. So if Jesus was manifest in the flesh, that means Jesus has to be who? He has to be God. That's exactly right. I had some Jehovah's Witnesses at my door the other day in Atlanta, and I pulled this out. So they pulled the New World Translation, and it actually there says he. He was manifest in the flesh, okay? So they took out the God. I said, do you know what the Greek word underneath there is? He said, no, but the, the, one of the young guys there pulled out his phone and took up a Greek letter, and it's a theos, which is what? Which is God. God was manifest. See, you can't get there unless you're going to start twisting scriptures and do that, okay? And then as we chatted at the door... Uh, what is salvation? All salvation will come down to works if it's not Jesus Christ, right? Very simple. And then uh, if anyone ever says, I'm good enough to get to heaven, you just go right to the Ten Commandments. Do that very simple, all right? And then he said, uh, I said, what if you're wrong? And Jesus is God, okay? What if you're wrong? All right, we had a fascinating talk. But if you think about it real simple, um, uh, uh, ice, steam, and water, all three are what? H2O, three and one. Body, soul, spirit makes the human being three and one. Um, An atom is what? Neutron. Teenagers? Teenagers? Do you go to school? <laughs> Neutron. Proton and electron. Three and one. Young people, pick up the pace. And uh, three and one, okay, and do that. See, God put three and one everywhere in the universe to show us the Trinity. Let us make man in our image, okay? Then the other thing to do is when you're um, witnessing, use things around you to get into conversations, okay? So T-shirts, necklaces, jewelry, anything somebody's wearing, I can get into a conversation. So I had a lady one day... uh, behind a Delta counter in an airport. She's wearing a cross. I said, hey, how you doing? Good. What's your name? Great. I said, well, why do you wear the cross? Um, it was a gift. Someone gave it to me. I said, oh, are you a Christian woman? She said, no, Buddhist. Buddhist. Wearing a cross. She had no clue what the cross meant, but she did for we walked away. Uh, my lady working at the Hotel Christie, she had a ring on that was a pentagram uh, yesterday at the hotel. And it looks like a satanic symbol. Now, most time if you see a pentagram, it's not for a full-blown Satanist. What other religious system will use pentagrams? Anyone know what it's called? It's called Wicca or Wiccan religion, okay? And they, they, they believe in the elements, sun, moon, water, stars, earth, whatever. It's five different elements they believe in. So every time they say that's what they believe in the elements, I said, oh, I said, I know who created all of those. Now their wheels are spinning, right? Because why would you worship the creation when you should be worshiping the creator? Romans 1, okay? So again, we flipped it over again where we love the worship of animals in our culture today, right? Right? But killing a baby is just no big deal. It's just a choice you made, okay, and do that, okay? See how it's flipped again and do that. So things around you. Um, uh, I was in an airport one time. And I saw this guy with all these tattoos. I love tattoo people. I really do. Uh, Because many of them are just screaming on the outside. Something's very wrong on the inside. They're actually telling you a story by what they have on their body. Okay? So I was like, hey, how you doing? He said, said, what's your favorite tattoo? 
I just ask people that question all the time. Bingo, this guy starts talking. He pulls his shirt up. He's got tattoos. He's just telling me everything. A girl walks over. Listen, he said, excuse me, uh, aren't you Vanilla Ice? Y'all remember Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby? I'm talking to Ice Ice Baby. I didn't even know it in an airport, okay? And, uh, and so they took a picture. He said, let's sit down. We, said, we had a 30-minute conversation on the topic of God. 30-minute. His name's Rob Van Winkle. I said, Rob, what are you into? He said, I'm into Scientology. I said, how'd you get into Scientology? Never forget his answer to the day I die. He looked at me and said, he said, because John Travolta had a talk with me. What was John Travolta doing? Sharing his faith. Evangelizing, right. Okay. In a belief of aliens, ships above us that we go to once we die and do that. No way on earth. No way. Uh, I, the story is in the One Heartbeat Away book, and I wrote at the end of the book. I said, remember when you die, make sure John Travolta is not outwitnessed you when you die. He's not outwitnessing me. No way. We, we have an empty tomb that, that we're telling people about, okay? A couple years after that, I'm on a plane flight going somewhere. A guy next to me named Carlos. Carlos, what do you do? I'm a pilot. I fly. I said, great. I said, who do you fly for? He said, I fly for a celebrity. I said, John Travolta? He said, how do you know that? John Travolta is very well known as a pilot. He owns a bunch of planes. But when he does cross-world trips, he hires pilots to fly him. And so that's what Carlos does. And uh, I said, by the way, Carlos, I said, how's John doing ever since what? What happened to Mr. Travolta? His son died. Yeah, his teenage boy died. How's he doing since his... And Carlos looked at me, just shook his head sideways. Just Because, see, see, Scientology can't help you at that moment. Okay, but Jesus Christ can help you at that moment. Carlos was Roman Catholic. We had a great chat. Do you like to read? He said, yep, sign it for him. I said, would you do me a favor? He said, yeah, if I signed a book for Mr. Travolta, would you give it to him? What did Carlos say? He said, yes, I would. So I signed a book, gave it to him, and then we prayed that that would get into his hands and just see what happens to this. That's why we plant seeds. Farmers know you just plant the seed. Get it out there. See what God does with that and do that, okay? Uh, look at the little um, the rubber bracelets people wear. Hey, what's your bracelets for? I'm at Notre Dame one day, and started talking with these three students at Notre Dame, and one guy had all these bracelets. Hey, what are your bracelets for? Oh, this is for a high school friend of mine that he, uh, 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 he committed suicide and died. This one's for a high school friend of mine. He went off to college, went to spring break in Florida, uh, got drunk, fell over a balcony and died. Uh, this one's for, okay, did we talk about life and death? Yes or no? It couldn't have been any easier than talking about his bracelets or the Livestrong bracelets, okay? Because half those bracelets have to do with life and death, okay? So it's an easy and what do you think happens at the moment we die there and do that, okay? So uh, those there. So uh, again, also hand tracks out. Use tracks all the time. If you hand a track out, if you, uh, gospel track, true story, 12,000, yes or no? That's impressive, very impressive. Uh, when you hand a track out, don't say, would you like one of these? Too easy to say what? No. Hey, did you get one of these? No, I didn't. They just take it out of your hand. Did you get one of these? No. They just take it right out of your hand and do that. We'll stand in front of Falcons games and sometimes get out 1,500, 2,000 tracks at a Falcons game. So you, you watch it on TV, and many times, uh, you know, over 1,000 people have gospel tracks in their hands and do that because that's we're trying to reach the people on the streets. So there's tracks on the table for you back there. Uh, when you're talking to people... Um, uh, again, ask the question, do you like to read, okay? Uh, great question. So on the table, there's these little mini books. I'll talk about the books in uh, the second hour, but these little mini books, these are great to have to give to people, okay? So the little mini books, we're on, we were at a Rolling Stones concert a couple months ago, and so we're talking to people. So once we talk with people, hey, do you like to read? Yes, I do. Oh, great, you get this little mini book here, real easy to read and stuff like that. Hey, do you like to read? No, I don't. Oh, great, you get this little mini book here. It's real easy to read. And uh, so either way, we could give them the mini book, and it fits right in your pocket and do that. We had a one high school boy, one high school boy in Indiana. He flooded his high school with over 1,000 of these mini books, okay? He was at a conference I was doing in Indiana. He told this, I said, stand up. What happened? I said, what was the feedback? He said, the students kept saying, these are answering our questions. See, the world's got questions. You and I got what? Answers. When are we going to meet and do that, okay? Um, And then, so the the tracks and the little books for you, just grab those off. There are no charge for those. I like to bless people. And then uh, last thing, uh, if you could stand next to me and watch me witness to somebody, would you want to do it, yes or no? Yeah, people always say that. So there's some DVDs on the table. Uh, One's called Pride Before Goes... Pride goes before destruction. 
It's actually me on the streets witnessing. So someone following with a video camera, and just you can watch me chat with people, okay? Uh, you can watch how I answer questions, how I do things. Some are pretty good, some are bad. One of them's really bad. I did a really bad job in this one conversation. Um, but we left it on there. Don't email me and tell me how bad I was. I already know it. I was in the middle of it, okay? I just didn't do well. Uh, but we left it on there for a, a specific purpose, okay? Isn't God bigger than our flub-ups? He's bigger. Isn't that nice to know he's bigger than our flub-ups? He's just trying to see if we're faithful. Oh, ye of little faith. Well done, my good Anne. We walk by faith, not by sight. He's faithful. The very next year at the exact same festival, four people walked up to me. Excuse me, um, weren't you the guy doing the video? Yep, you made the final cut too. Uh, there you go. You get to watch yourself and do it. So we got to actually give them the video of them being on the video and do that. Um, there's also... Uh, uh, a, a DVD called Biblical Men Want and Now, which is the talk I give at men's conference. Great talk for men to watch, being solid for God. And then Lukewarm No More. There's two talks in every DVD. Uh, that's out of Revelation 3. If you don't want to be lukewarm for Christ, uh, that's a good one just to wake you up and do that. So uh, the booklets and the tracks, no charge for those. Anything else on the table is just uh, donation only. We'll talk about the other stuff there and do that, okay? So last thing, I gave the two-hour seminar in Iowa last year. I finished easily one of the, I don't know, probably one of the top five talks in the history of Christianity. I thought it was that good personally. And uh, hopefully you can watch it on YouTube or something. I went and sat down. The pastor came up to close. And the pastor said something better in two minutes than I said in two hours. And he got up there and he said, he said, you know what our problem is? He said, we just don't love people. We don't love people. If we love people here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, enough, we wouldn't let anybody go to hell. We just don't love people enough. We need to love people better. And he prayed it ended. And I'll never forget that moment from the past. Isn't that the truth? We need to love people better, right? Yay? For God so loved the world. Okay, we need to go out there and love some people. And if you love somebody, you'll give them the truth and do that. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, just a good Sunday school hour. Thanks for all the truths you've taught me through the years that we can put into books and put into materials and give in uh, talks and stuff like that. But the fun is when we just go do it. Obedient teenagers giving out 12,000 tracks. Wow. Uh, just being obedient, sharing our faith with people at work this afternoon. We'll get back together at 2.30. And just being the bold men and women teenagers of God we're supposed to be. Father, our country needs a good dose of Jesus Christ. That's what we need more than anything. And it's our job to make sure we bring it to the people and do that. And we thank you for that. And we do. And we ask it in the great name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.